Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Budget with State Representative Jason Ortiz of the 46th Legislative District in Washington and Allegheny Counties. I'm Chuck Nichols, Representative Ortiz. Welcome back. It's been uh, a couple of weeks since we did one of these because we've kind of been on a, a, a corona shutdown away from the studio thing going on. But now we're back and we're talking about uh, the effect that the coronavirus and the shutdown has had on what is going on in Harrisburg. We're returning, trying to look at uh, getting our budget done for the next year. And, and man, uh, this has really eaten into our plans. Talk to us about uh, what's been going on for you in the last couple of weeks and, and how this whole thing is affecting our, our perspective on the budget. Well, well, thanks, Chuck. Uh, I, I will tell you to be to be very honest. You know, since we had our last podcast, a lot of things have really changed over the last month or so with coronavirus, and, and it sh- and it should have. To be honest with you, our, our priorities have have shifted a little bit. We're trying to keep people safe, trying to keep people from becoming infected, and trying to prevent people uh, from dying from the virus. So we've had to move things around. We've seen a lot of of uh, financial maneuvering from special funds to free up some money for. Uh, protective equipment, uh, our frontline workers, uh, to provide safety, uh, and to really shift funds over to our Department of Health to make sure we're all safe. So a lot of things have really changed. And, you know, from our initial conversations and from our budget hearings from the governor's proposal, I I think at this point, we can all safely say that what the governor proposed is, is finally reached its limits. And I don't think anyone is looking at that anymore. A $34 billion budget seems like a pipe dream at this point. With the shutdown, I've heard numbers from the IFO of anywhere from 2 to $8 billion in a loss of revenue for this fiscal budget, not to mention what our next fiscal budget will look like. Uh, and I've heard, you know, the pundits out there and my colleagues, and I mean, it could be anywhere from a $2 billion hole to a $12 billion hole. That's a big hit for our budget right off the bat. And you mentioned that it, we really have no idea looking forward. I mean, we're talking $2 billion to $12 billion now. I mean, looking forward, it, it depends on how we recover. If we jump back, maybe we do all right. But if we recover slowly, we could be looking at years of slow budgets and, and tough budgets here. Um, how do we negotiate with the governor with this? It seems like the governor has not seen the light as far as uh, the budget goes. And, and we all need to remember that Pennsylvania can't print money. So, where do we stand? Well, I think right now the House and Senate are currently engaged in budget negotiations. I, I, I had heard the rumblings through the grapevines that we were looking to, to get a budget to the governor by the end of May, uh, which is a month earlier than we need to do it. However, we're not looking to do a full-year budget. I think the Senate wants to do a seventh-month budget. I think the House would like to do a five-month budget. Uh, either way, it is going to be extremely difficult to forecast what our revenue is going to look like. Uh, for a lot of reasons, not just for the coronavirus, but we move the state tax deadline from from April to July, and moving that to July 15th means a lot of people have not filed their taxes. So we don't know if we're really behind on revenue right now, or if people are just waiting until July to pay it, which a lot of people end up doing anyway when the normal tax tax deadline is in effect. So that's one aspect that we don't know. I know this last month we were two billion dollars short on revenue. But again, that could be because people are postponing their payments until they're due in July. So that leaves a whole bunch of questions in the air. How do we put together a budget when our revenue, when we don't have a solid revenue number? And when we look at that, and we're not going to get a number probably until July or August, we have to do a partial year budget. And the reason we have to do that 
is because we have the balanced budget constitutional requirement. Unlike the federal government, the state of Pennsylvania has to balance their budget for at least one second out of the year, and we can't print money like the feds do. The feds, when they want to borrow money, they just go to the Federal Reserve and they print money whenever they want. In the state of Pennsylvania, we can't do that. We have to pass a balanced budget where our revenue matches our expenses. And if it doesn't match, then it's unconstitutional and the budget gets thrown out. Now, there's a lot of other things that go into, into play there, but we need to be careful about what we're doing here because the decisions we make now on this budget are going to have a cascading effect in future years down the line. Because if we overspend in this year's budget, all we are going to do is create a bigger hole for next year's budget and so on and so on. And I don't know about a lot of people out there, I have no appetite whatsoever to increase taxes or to request an increase in any taxes or fees across the board. I think right now people are hurting. People, uh, I think we're looking at over 2 million people who are on unemployment right now, and the last thing they need is from any government entity whatsoever to raise taxes on them. I, I equivalent, that, that's like kicking someone when they're down. I don't think that's fair. I think the government's and all the elected officials need to get their houses in order, and we need to craft a budget that actually works for the taxpayers. Now, everyone has to understand that there are going to be cuts. There has to be cuts. We have a, a huge drop in revenue that we're forecasting here. Um, there's going to be a lot of pet projects gone. You're going to see a lot of fat get cut out of this budget. And, and I really hope that a lot of my colleagues take to heart that we need to get rid of these pet projects in the budget. Discretionary spending needs to be cut right away so that we can salvage our education budget and our human services budget because those are the most important pieces to our budget right now. Yeah, it seems like we need to make sure that we stick to the core functions of what government's about and kind of leave some of the projects that we would all maybe like to have but uh, are a little bit frivolous on the wayside here. Uh, this all points to really a importance on getting back to work as soon as possible. The longer we all sit unemployed, the longer that people can't do their jobs, the, the worse this situation is going to be. You've had a proposal to get things rolling. The governor's proposal is a little bit, um, it, it lacks a little bit of detail. Tell us uh, what you've been thinking, what the governor's stoplight idea is, thinking what's the best way forward here and, and, and why does it have to happen soon? Well, I think people are becoming impatient. Uh, they're becoming starved uh, for information, and they're starting to believe and read everything that they hear online. Uh, and that can be problematic when the government is not transparent and open, nor does it present a plan uh, or a proposed plan where people can see uh, what to expect moving forward. And, and I think that's been problematic on a, on a lot of fronts. Now, I also want to throw this out there. I've seen a lot of hate-filled comments directed at the governor, at the legislature, at, you know, just at the government in general. Uh, I've seen a lot of hate-filled comments directed towards each other. Um, you know, people trying to score political points, people uh, just, just being angry with one another. Listen, we're not the enemy. We are not. All of us, and, you know, and I, I say this with, you know, with every ounce of honesty in my body here. Look, we're all trying to get through this as safely and responsibly as possible. Nobody wants anybody to die. I know that there are certain, you know, certain aspects of the population who think that if we open anything up, they're going to call you a murderer. Uh, you know, listen, we all have decisions to make at the end of the day, and we're all trying to do it as safely as, as possible. Uh, we, we need to cut it out with the name calling. We need to cut it out with trying to score cheap political points. 
Um, that needs to stop. It's not easy for any one person to come up with a, a plan or a proposal. The immense responsibility and the weight on someone's shoulders to put together a plan that protects the lives of 13 million people in Pennsylvania is immense. And any one person who thinks that they can do it better than the next person has not sat in that chair. That's why I have not been extremely critical of the governor with his plan, because I know he's doing what he thinks is best. We all have ideas on what we think are best, which is why I proposed the plan. I sent it to the governor before I publicized it, because I wanted to give him an opportunity to look at it and his staff to vet it, to, to see if there was anything in the plan that, was, that he could work with. Uh, and my plan overall was to extend an olive branch answer his call to work with him and to work together on this instead of, oh, we've got the House versus the governor, the governor versus the House, the Senate versus the governor, the governor versus the Senate. I did not want this type of situation to devolve into chaos. And it feels like that's what we're dealing with right now. You've got all these competing plans. You've got the governor basically doing everything on his own, which I can't even imagine what that's like. And if I was in his seat, and that's what I've tried to do throughout every decision and comment that I've made, what would I do if I was sitting in the governor's mansion or in the governor's seat right now? It's difficult. It really is. And I would want help. And I would want the experts around me. And I would want the help of the legislature to craft a plan that the people of Pennsylvania can clearly see what the vision and the goal of that, that plan really is. And I think that's where we have fallen short as a government uh, and as a state. We have not provided that. The governor's plan has also not provided that. He has attempted to with his red, yellow, and green system in his phased approach of opening. And, you know, I applaud his efforts for doing that and trying to keep people safe. Uh, I, I think people have been in quarantine for, for over a month now. They're anxious to get back to work. The small business owners are fearful that they're not going to be able to reopen. Their livelihoods are investing, invested in that. And people need to understand that who, who are listening to this. Yeah, I get it. I get people are scared. I fully understand that. But there are also people who've invested their entire lives into what they do on a daily basis. And they're being prevented from doing that by the government. I think that we need to look at a way to get people back to work and to do it safely, obviously with, with CDC guidelines in place. Nobody, nobody that I know is recommending that we just send everyone back out there uh, like it was a couple months ago. Nobody. There's a lot of work that needs to be done and we all, all need to start working together on this. And, uh, and I, I really hope that people can put the hate-filled comments to the side and try to figure out how we can all move forward together. Representative Ortiz, that's a wonderful advice. We all know that we have to do this and, and stay together with this, stay positive and, and, and move forward, hoping to work together to beat this thing, stay healthy, and get our economy back rolling so we don't all fall apart as a society. Keep with us. Uh, tune in for us for another one of these next week as we go beyond the budget with State Representative Jason Ortiz.